Lindy Chamberlain faces murder charges after a camping trip turns tragic. Suzanne Vale is released from rehab into her mother's care. Francesca Johnson romances a traveling photographer. Kate Golden battles cancer. Roberta teaches the violin in Harlem. Susan Orlean investigates an orchid. That's okay, keep going. Investigates an orchid theft in Florida. And Miranda Priestley takes on a new assistant. This time on the Oscar should have gone to Meryl Streep, part two. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to. And the Oscar goes to. And the Academy Award. And the Oscar goes to. And the Oscar goes to. Jodie Foster. The and the Oscar goes to. Kathy Bates in Mesier. Susan Sarandon and Dead Man Walker. Oscar goes to. Gwyneth Paltrow. Hilary Swain in Boys Don't Pass. And the Oscar goes to Catherine. And the Oscar goes to Helen Mirren in The Queen. <laughs> that's okay. I'm glad that's finally messed up because I, I truly, when you were talking about cry in the deck. Cry in the deck? Cry in the deck. It becomes... I, it becomes more like South African, the more that I do it. Yeah, sure. I almost laughed. Just, I don't know why um, that struck me as funny, so. Keep she, it. Uh, keep I, it. Keep it or I'll re-record it. Who knows what's going to happen. Keep it. Um, she's never done South African, has she? I don't, that's the only accent. I feel like that's the only, like, English-derived accent that we haven't gotten from her. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing okay. You always ask me, and I'm going to ask you. <sighs> That's so nice of you. I'm um, having your husband's favorite beer in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Called No Stress. No Stress from the Highland Park Brewery. So, brewery, yeah. Are you feeling no stress? <sighs> feeling no stress, because it's, it's a Sunday afternoon, baby, and I'm drinking what? with my bud. Yeah, <laughs> let's clink. Clinkity clink. Clink, clink, clink. I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. I'm having a little ro rose. Yeah. I'm a lady. That's true. Meg, you just had a birthday. I did. And do you know what one thing that I did for my birthday? What did you do? Yesterday, I went surfing for the first time. Okay. Tell us about it. Okay. Turns out, I'm not very good at surfing. That's so weird because you have such good balance in <laughs> real life that... The guy goes <laughs> to me. First of all, his name was G-Force. And he's also a fire walker and a... Um, uh, and a, uh, what's it called when you, when you build somebody up, when you like, uh, like a life coach. Yeah. Like a life coach. So he's a surfing instructor in some sort of cartoon. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> G force. He would not take offense to that. He would just say, thanks, man. He asked me what my favorite superhero was and just, and Matt asked me to try and emulate that superhero. Um, I'm picturing said, like Johnny Bravo with a man bun. Yeah. Well, he, he, he doesn't. He does not ascribe to man buns. He does have long... He's, first of all, got nice buns. Yeah. And he does have long hair, but he just lets it flow, man. Oh, all right. He just flows it. Um, he said, when we were, get, like, getting wetsuits on, he goes, so, like, what kind of... Do you do, do, do any balance sports? And I go, like what? Like the beam? <laughs> like, am I, 
Like, am I like a Dominique Mochianu type? Because <laughs> to that, I'd say no. But like for other things, yeah, I'd say no. Yeah. What are what are the balance sports? He do goes, you think? Do you, uh, do you balance beam jousting? I guess would be a balance sport. He goes. He goes. Do you snowboard? And I go, no, I ski. And he was like, yeah. okay. So immediately judgment on that. Yeah. And then he goes, well, do you skateboard? And I looked him dead in his G-force eyes, and I said, G-force. Do I look like the type of girl that skateboards? Why did he say balance sports and why didn't he say, do you do board sports? Yeah, it's more of a board situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my friend Rowan that I went with, uh, who is British, was like, oh, I figure skated for a time. And I was like, get out of here with this British shit. Uh, she was better than me, for sure. And she was on a harder board. My board was like the size of the ocean. Like right. Width-wise, it was. It covered the entire yeah. ocean. And yet, somehow, did you still fall in? I did. I fell a lot. <laughs> yeah. I did stand up a couple times, but I just was, I was, and, and that was, it is an amazing feeling when you stand up. Sure. But it was rocky. Yeah. It, it was a rocky beginning. At one point, I fell off the front and then had like a total panic attack in the water because I was like, the board's behind me. It's going to hit me in the head. It's going to, I'm going to You're going to get concussed. Gonna yeah. yeah. G-force is not going to save you. But G-force taught me to put my hands over my head like this. So when I stood up, I would make sure that, that there was no board. Okay. That so makes sense. You can't see me, but I'm putting my hands over my head to yeah. protect, she looks protect like the, the ba- She looks like the baby in 2001. <laughs> yeah. Is that what the sound is? I don't remember. But that's probably not right. Uh, not a Kubrick fan. Yeah. Know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what I did. I, and so anyway, the, the point of that story is I am extremely sore today. Yeah. Surfing turns out is really fucking tiring. Probably also just a lot of muscles you're not used to using. I mean, for you, any of them, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you use your mouth a lot. So let's be fair. So I, he was not loving the jokes. I was doing a lot of like. You were doing oh like, shit! There's a shark. He's and he was trying like, bits, and he was like, "That's not funny." No, he did not. He did not care for it. He probably wrestled a shark before. I, he said, "Did he say he stepped on a stingray?" Oof! And then I was like, "Are there stingrays around here?" And um, he was like, "Yeah, like once here in Venice, and then twice down in Long Beach." And I was like, "G-force! What the fuck? You're giving me more things to be afraid of here in the water." Anyway, it was a lovely time, and I just might become a surfer. I've been here for 10 years, never, hey, you're, never been on you're surfboard. Hey, you're now you're a California surfer dudette. Yeah. When I when we take a picture, I'm going to pose a, like... Like a hang this? loose? Like a, yeah. Yeah, that's more of a Hawaiian thing, but... It's pretty gnar. You can do it. Oof, gnar, yeah. huh? Yeah. Is that like gnarly, but without the... Without the lee? Yeah. yeah. I caught some gnar waves. Oh, right. Um, I, I worked all day yesterday. Oh, <laughs> So, so say I watched half of Marvin's room. Truly, though, honestly, working is, um, surfing is work, sorry. Mm-hmm. Surfing's life, mm-hmm. you know? Bored um, is life. Yeah, I, uh, I worked all day. I watched half of Marvin's room. Oh, what a delight that must have that's been. That's the most, uh, that's all I got through of it. I didn't, I didn't, this time, you know, I would have finished it. I just didn't have time. I remember loving that movie, and you know why. Leo, young Leo. Mr. Baby Leo. Leo. DiCaprio. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it, because we can swing back by that when we get to that year. The but, surfing um, or... No, hmm? Marvin's Room, sorry. So this is uh, this is the middle part of Meryl's career. A t- I love... A, basically a 20-year period. The middle years. The middle years. Um, so what I thought... Would you say uh, we're in late Meryl now? How old is she? Well, now we're definitely in late Meryl. Yeah. She's like 70, oh, wow. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like... Okay. Yeah. She's in her... Maybe late 60s. Okay. 
Um, so her first uh, nomination in this grouping um, is just to... So, so to recap, if, we, to recap, we think that she should have won... We've given her two awards two so awards far. For... For Out of Africa. ETV for Key. And, um, well, uh, Kramer vs. Kramer. Kramer vs. Kramer. Yeah, we took away one award from her. Mm-hmm. We took away her Sophie's Choice Award, which... Controversial. Real con- we got so and many And by letters. that, I mean I, I did have... Uh, Guys, stop of the podcast, sending us letters. Our for- Sophie heads. For- former guest them. Todd Briscoe did text me and mm-hmm. say that he thinks that's the... Maybe the greatest English language speaking performance. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell Todd, or I'll tell him right yeah, now. Yeah, tell him he'll listen. It's barely English. You know what I'm saying? Hey yo, it's basically. I mean, she's speaking Polish to me. Yeah, it's all Greek. And as someone who is Polish, I speak it fluently. Jork Zach. Yeah. I, I do want to go to Warsaw. I helped today. someone at work the other day, and their last name was Jadzak. And I said, oh, my last name's Chorzak. And they were from Warsaw. Really? Yep. And they said, oh, do you have family? And I said, yeah, my my dad's whole whole side of the family. I was like, I mean, a hundred years ago or something. Oh. No, I don't know. I don't know where they are. Should we take a trip to, like, Poland? I'm interested for sure. Guys, if you're listening in Warsaw or... And you have a place we could stay. Yeah. And you want us to come and do a live podcast... Mm. We'll come and do a live podcast. Doesn't even need to be that. You could just be the guest. No, I truly would. If like you guys to go know a good auditorium in Warsaw uh, that we can come, or Krakow, that you'd like us to come uh, do this in, uh, let us know. Uh, we're at the Oscar Show on Twitter. Which is the? Which one is? I think it was Warsaw that, like, during World War II, like the population of the city was like was just like decimated. Yeah, probably. I know that's a terrible, that's like tragedy porn. Have you seen, sorry, I want to go to Poland. I I know they have great food. Uh I'm very interested in the Polish people, very resilient people. Have you seen the stories from that people are taking sexy photos at Chernobyl? No. Yes. (laughs) Because of like... The success of the show, and everybody, if you right. listened, I'm a big it's fan. It's very hard to get to go there, though. There's a lot of red tape and stuff you have to cut through. I think it's pretty expensive to get a tour. Yeah, well, anything to get them sweet, sweet likes. Yeah. You want to get some The spawn? other thing is, I was listening, I was... Uh, Take a I, I, picture of your ass in... Uh, I was listening to an interview with Craig Mason. He was talking about how he went there, and they take your passport when you go into the, that area, and then they, they do... Um, radiation readings basically both before and after just to make sure you don't have like crazy high radiation readings coming what out what if you do have crazy high I radiation I guess you just have to stay with like the foxes and the fauna I don't know what they do with you what the fuck yeah, do they bring they, you to that hospital in Moscow that that, that, that you they you know what they do is it? they go get uh, Barry Kilgan and he just shoots you in the head <laughs> so Russia tough place to be yeah don't want to be there yeah there's never like a good there was never like a good time in Russian history too it was never like oh those were the easy years yeah it was always just like it goes from like pogroms to like work camps to to now not ideal um okay sorry back to Meryl so sorry so sorry so we've given her two two Oscars so let's move to the middle years here's what I learned watching these movies of the middle years Uh uh-huh I think, and this is, I think this goes across the board for, like, movies in general. I think this time, we're doing the 70s now on our regular scheduling programming. And, like, every year, like, the movies are really good. There's less of them. Yeah. 
there's fewer of them, right. for sure. Yeah. But the movies that we're watching for uh, Best Picture are all, for the most part, like have something cool to offer. Right. The '80s felt like a like a lot of those years were like a wasteland. Right. There was like one or two good things, yeah. and then everything is not good. And I think that maybe bled into the early '90s a little bit. Right. Because a lot of these movies are. Not great. Not great. Yeah. It's also interesting, this little stretch for her, her seven nominations in this stretch, not a single one seven nominations. got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. That is inter- that's yeah. so interesting. It feels, um, I was watching, I forget what I was watching, one of these pieces of shit, and Maddie came in and was like, oh, I, we get it, Meryl's great. See, this is one of those things of like, oh, they just had a nominator for, and it's interesting to me that they felt that way. We always are like, I feel like we say that now, yeah. where it's like, if Meryl's in something, like you're probably she's probably gonna get nominated. But like, this was a long time ago, like the, 25 years ago, right. she was already at that point where if she's in something, she's getting nominated. Yeah. The dog has come in with her pig now, so we can all relax. Can't be alone. Got to be in the room. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, I feel like you see it more now in particular where, like, in the last 10 years, which we'll do on our next episode, uh, basically she's just got nominated, like, almost every single year for yeah. something. Um, but it is interesting, and it's. we should also say this is not out of place for Best Actress nominees and winners, um, throughout history, you consistently see the people nominated in those categories. The same, maybe. you mean? It's the same people? Well, no, just that it's not movies that get nominated for Best Picture, whereas a lot of times four out of the five Best Actor nominees will be in the Best oh, Picture nominees. Oh, you're saying Best Actress specifically? Yes. Why do you, th- do you think that's because the Academy has their favorite actresses? No, what I'm... it doesn't what matter I'm, what they're in? No, what I'm saying is that uh, the sexism of the Academy means that Movies, movies with, with, a, with lead, a female lead are not as important as movies with a strong okay. male lead. Okay. Okay. I yeah. buy that. I yeah. buy that. As a female feminist, I buy that. Yeah. Um, so we'll start. Uh, we went through before. 1987 was the last one that we had done for her previously. Uh, the next year she gets nominated again in 1988. Um, the Oscar that year went to Jodie Foster for The Accused. Which I... I've never seen and I can't see because I can't do graphic rape scenes. Yeah, it's basically the whole movie is just about rape and the rape trial. It's not a it's not a fun watch. No. The accused, um, but she was nominated for a cry in the dark. A cry in the dark. Which, uh, if you haven't seen, uh, if you're listening to us in Australia, you may know it as Evil Angels. Is that what it's called in Australia? Mm-hmm. Or you might uh, you might know it as the the dingo. Ate my baby movie. What are the evil angels? Is well, I think it's because they're religious. Oh, okay. Because, you know, the Chamberlain's part of the reason. Australia, get your shit together. That's a shit name. Yeah, so basically the whole story of this movie is it's uh, Sam Neill and Meryl Streep. And they go... Uh, I love Sam Neill. Yeah. Mm. They go on a camping trip. They're part of a very sort of uh, insular religious group, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Adventist. or whatever? Um, Does that mean they literally believe that the world was made in seven days? Is that... Maybe. Probably. Mm, I don't know. Um, They go to Ayers Rock, and uh, while they're at a camping ground, she goes and puts the baby down in the tent, and then she comes back out where everyone's hanging out, and then a dingo runs into the tent and steals the baby. Um, And then she yells, a dingo took my my baby. Yes. Not eight. Not eight. That's a misquote. Uh, mm-hmm. How would she know that he yeah. ate it? A dingo took my baby. Get some torches. 
Yeah. They go out looking for for the baby. Eventually, um, months later, they find more proof of this. But basically, they get uh, arrested and put on trial for the baby's murder because, particularly, I think, because they were these sort of religious people, no one believes the story because it's also well, and a also, story that's never Because they were the religious pe- these religious people. This is not about a cry in the dark. This is about Meryl. We should focus on that. But I do yes. want to say... The, the movie also posits, like, because they, it does a good job of, like, because they were these religious people, they were very, like, they were very quickly at peace with the death of their two-month-old baby. Yes. They didn't seem that sad about it. That's not, I mean, I think this is true, and she does a good, she does a good job of portraying this, of right. just, like, that was the Lord's plan for her. Right. The Lord's plan was for her to be dingo, dingo food. Yeah, and uh, and so I think that's another reason why people were like, "There's something weird going on," and so she goes to jail. Yeah. Now uh, I watched this. I watched this movie with my wife. Did not finish um, this movie, by the way. Yeah, it sort of. And mind you, uh, I'm pretty sure this might have actually been like an indie Australian like production that they got Meryl Streep to be in because I think everybody else in it it's, is Australian. Is it weird? Can I just say, is it weird they didn't get? An Australian to play the main part. All I can think is that they had the it's chance like to get Meryl Streep, and they were like, "Let's do, let's get Meryl Streep." But yeah, you're right. It's weird. Like Nicole Kidman was a thing at this time, wasn't she? Maybe not. Um, maybe not. No, she. This was still maybe a couple of years before she really like, got broken up. She, like she would have been young. Okay. Um, she, when was Dead Calm? She was in that, right? With Sam Neill, wasn't she? I don't know. I don't know. Bottom um, line is, it's weird. The movie seems like it was shot. Uh, as a film school project. <laughs> um, yeah. The dialogue is very like, uh, yeah. oh, hey, you going to have a beer? No, uh, I, don't, I don't have a beer. Oh, hi, I'm Lindy. A lot of my comments about it are kind of more about the, uh, the actual story and I guess the actual Chamberlains. Uh, like, for instance, maybe a vacation in a tent when you have a nine-week-old baby isn't the greatest vacation idea. Yeah, I would I'd agree with that. Uh, maybe leaving the baby alone in a tent isn't a great idea when you've seen multiple wild dogs about. <laughs> They're called dingoes. <laughs> They're different than dogs. Can we talk about... Uh, oh, hey. Look who's here. Hey, Maddie. We're just talking about a crawl in the dock. Do you have anything you want to say about a cry in the dock? Very funny. Very funny. Dingo and the baby. Dingo and the baby. That's Ding- right. he's, she says a dingo took my baby. See, you're helping this apocryphal yeah. story go forward. Spread the word. It's a dingo took. She didn't know he humiliated. Yeah, my baby's funnier. Okay. Well, I can't argue Good with that. Good punch up. I can't argue. Um, let's talk about Meryl's wigs in this movie. Ooh, <laughs> that hair is, that hair, honestly. Did you watch long enough to get to the second wig? Yes, I watched the very, when she, well, I watched when she got out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. So you got both the bowl cut wig yeah. and then the mullet wig. The mullet wig. The bowl cut wig was a thing of beauty. I was like, are you even trying? Are you even trying at this point? Like hair, makeup, people. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. She's like, I'm being distracted. Ignore you? You're in my face. In my computer. Oh, okay. Um, I think this also is a hard story to tell as a film um, because, like, I was thinking about, like, true crime podcasts where something like, like, Serial, like, with the yeah. Adnan Syed thing, the whole time you're like, well, it seems like they very much want to, like, convince us Adnan did not do this. Yes. But she also seems to realize, like, it's possible that he did. Like, yeah. there's conflicting we'll evidence. Both sides, yes. Whereas with this, 
We they, see very clearly that the, the Digo, Digo takes the baby. the baby. So yes. then throughout, we're just like, why wouldn't... There are, are all these people at the campfire that saw this happen. Yeah. Like, what... Who, who was the first... Who's the witness that's going to say, yeah. no, Dingo didn't take her baby? Yeah. Well, they, and they never produced that witness. Yeah. And then... And then... And I well, guess she's the only one that sees the Dingo, but... Yeah, but... They are all there when they see her. I mean, the tent's, like, yeah. 20 feet away. And she was right there. Yeah. And I read on the Wikipedia afterwards, because I was interested... Yeah. Like, what they posited had happened or whatever, because I didn't make it through to the trial. And they were like, she took the baby, she took it in the backseat of the car, she cut the baby's throat, she waited for it to die, then she... W- like, all, like... It's a she, ton of stuff, it's like, there's of, no blood on her somehow. Yeah. It makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. Um, but, uh... Wait, what was I saying about this? God, crying in the dark has really fucked me. Has really fucked me up here. It's fine. It just is like, and she's fine in it. It's just not a very good. It's not a very good. It's movie. not a good movie. She's fine in it. These were the other nominees. Like we said, Jodie Foster won. Uh, Sigourney Weaver for, for Gorillas in the Mist, which is another movie I've I've not seen. No. But then Melanie Griffith for Working Girl and Glenn Close for Dangerous Liaisons, and I'd probably give it to either of them. Either Jody of them, Foster for and sure. definitely over Meryl Streep. For so, sure. Meryl, bad news. You don't get an Oscar, don't get for, an Oscar Cry in the Dark. for Cry in the Dark. So you're two for eight. That's she still does good. do, I will say, to speak, I mean, I, I'm not, it's not like I'm super great yeah. with, I'm not good at being the accent police at all, but I will say it seems like her accent is... She does a good. She gives her, good her accents. Accents are always great. Meryl always. gives good accents. Is there any ethnicity she can't do? We're not sure. Maybe South African. <laughs> Maybe South African. That's why she's never done it. Yeah. Get some lessons from Leo in Marvin's room. You guys know each other. Um, so that jumps us two years to her next Oscar nomination. She does do Evil Angels in 1989. Uh, she does get nominated for a Golden Globe for that. Um, I did not watch that movie. Wait, never Evil seen Angels it. is a or not card. Evil Angels? Sorry, um, She Devil. It's a movie I've never seen. It's at a 5.5 on IMDb. So that makes me think the Golden Globes, if you think Meryl gets nominated for a lot of Oscars, take a look at her Golden Globe nomination yeah. history. <laughs> I think she got 21 Oscar nominations and like 30 Globe That's nominations. Crazy so to me. That's crazy. Uh, that was literally like anything she's in, we're going to nominate her. So 1990, she does Postcards from the Edge. I've never seen this movie before, which is shocking to me because I feel I, the second I put it on, I was like, this is a right up my alley. I think she's. This is what I've learned about Meryl Streep. <clears throat> she is amazing. However, she when you watch a lot of Meryl Streep movies, you realize she does the same stuff. I'm going to yeah. talk about this more when we get to um, uh, Bridges of Madison County. Uh-huh. But she has the same sort of like few moves that she yes. does. And it, she is, because I'm always like, she's a chameleon. She can be anything. But she does, she is very much her in yes. every way. And it's, it's, whatever that is, it's so, whatever it is that she, the thing where she like, rolls her eyes and puts her hand over her mouth. She does that a lot. Right. Puts her hand over her mouth and like to, to show that like, oh, I'm saying something serious now. Or she has a lot of like tricks up her sleeve. Right. They work. It yeah. incredibly well. Um, but uh, this is an example of she is super serviceable in it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she knows this is Shirley MacLaine's even though it is her story, yeah. it's about Carrie Fisher and, and Debbie Reynolds. Yes. Carrie Fisher wrote it. And in true Carrie Fisher manner, I mean, it's her best material is about her mother. Right. And Shirley MacLaine in this movie is fucking phenomenal. Yes. I love her. <laughs> the scene when she is in the hospital after 
being arrested for drunk driving. Yeah. And they're putting the makeup on her. Yeah. And she's talking about putting, you know, getting her lashes on or whatever. I just was like, yes, this woman is everything to me. Meryl is a supporting player in this. Even though she's ostensibly like the main character or the voice or whatever, like she's she's supporting to me. Yeah. Um, There's a moment in this movie, Shirley MacLaine sings... I'm still here. Yes. At a house party. Oh my! And Meryl before had just sung. Yeah. What did she sing? I can't remember. I she, forget. She sang that's something the point, else. Though. That's the point. But that's the point. You can't remember what she yeah. sang. It was good. And literally, it's and, good. It, it, and you are a person at that party because yeah. you watch her sing that song, Meryl. Yeah. And you're like, wow, she has a great voice. That's fun. Like, yeah. she's so great. I'm so, like, watching her. And then they're like, now you sing, Mom. And she's like, no, no, no. It's your party. It's your party. Yeah, I don't want to do it. And they're like, and then she I'm just still turns, here. C I'm still flat. here in C-flat. Yeah. And then fucking murders that song. So we are recording this. Uh... On Sunday, it is uh, Pride ceremonies across the world. We're at the tail end of Pride Month. June world 30. Pride June in New York right now. Tail end of my birthday month. And uh, when Shirley MacLaine sings I'm Still Here, <laughs> I feel like that fully formed <laughs> our former guest Ryan O'Connor and probably several other gay men throughout uh, the world. Have we only, we've only had other gay men on, right? Yeah, basically. For the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that moment, uh, yeah, I mean, she's incredible. That is, it is the gayest thing to happen, and I was here for, ev- in cinema, and I was here for every second yeah. of it. It is interesting it with, with um, this movie, because we kind of get, you know, she's playing a version of Carrie Fisher, so she's definitely the, like, drug-addled you know, a rehabilitated version of Meryl Streep, but I feel like this is more like who Meryl Streep is than she usually is in movies. Yeah, totally. Um, we get She's a movie star. we get like her natural voice. Yep. Where we'll talk about this more going forward, particularly with two movies I want to talk about it with. But even when she's not doing a dialect, I feel like so much of, you know, a lot of people say with actors like, oh, I f- found my performance once I found the character's walk. Yeah. And Meryl, you can tell it definitely comes from the voice. Yes. Because even if she's not doing uh, a specific dialect or accent, she is, like we'll talk about with one true thing, everything is very pitched high register. Yes. In that performance. Yes. And Devil Wears Prada right. we'll talk about it, and everything is very, very monotone, monotone and very... You're right. And you can see, like, that's where she finds the characters. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting just to see her kind of be more herself. Yeah. That's why like she's this. fun to, I think, impersonate in a lot of ways. Because yeah. it is, it's a, it, it's... There's little changes, but it's hard to do because it's a a, a voice is and not a dialect is an yeah. interesting place to I don't know. That's a really good point, Greg. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that's a really good point. It's an interesting Thank place you. to come from. Um, I don't know what her Oscar <laughs> clip was for this movie, um, but I tell you what it should have been. It's when she's listening to the conversation between the director and the customer. Yes, in the in the rack, <laughs> yeah. and then she keeps getting closer and yeah. closer and closer in the rack yeah. and close. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, that is one of those mo- moments. Too. It's either Again. that or the scene when she's looping. Yes. Oh, God. And yeah. Gene Hackman is yeah. like. What a who's who of people in this movie, by the way. Yeah, by the way, great. Hackman, yeah. Richard Dreyfuss, CCH Pounder. But they called in a lot of. I mean, Oliver Platt, Rob Reiner. I wrote down a bunch of these. Dennis Oliver Quaid. Platt. Carrie. Oh, Annette Dennis Quaid. Benning. Annette Benning. That's right. She's like the hooker that sleeps with yeah. Um They called. Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds called in some favors. Truly. 
You're right. That the scenes where she's not with Shirley MacLaine stand out to me more for yeah. her because Shirley MacLaine just dominates every right. scene that they're the two of them are in together. It is weirdly as good as she is. It's almost like MacLaine was doing a favor because she's not in this movie enough for mm-hmm. how good she is. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I love it. I really like this movie. It was fun. I think it was. Um, it's maybe not like quite the romp that I right. Only because, like, it's about some dark subject matter. And it is, and it is her, in the end, it is um, Carrie Fisher slash whatever the, you know, Meryl Streep slash whatever the fictional character's name is in it. But it's their movie. Yeah, this is a total, this movie's totally worth seeing, I think. It's really watchable. I don't know that I would suggest, aside from if you want to see where the social or the, uh, cultural phenomenon of a dingo eight maybe came from. If I'd really recommend Cry in the Dark for any reason, but I would say, but watch. I would say Postcards from the Edge is a, it's a it's a good watch. It's yeah. short. It's like an hour forty or something like that. But who won this year? So the nominees of Meryl Streep, Joanne Woodward for Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, Angelica Houston for The Grifters, Julia Roberts for Pretty Woman, mm. and the winner, Kathy Bates for Misery. Oh, she God. also won the Golden Globe. Oh God. Um, can't give Meryl Streep the award here. Can't do it. I'd give it to... I mean, I haven't seen the other movies. I'm sorry. Yeah. Julie Roberts is luminous yeah. in Pretty Woman. And again, comedies don't get their due, but yeah. she's amazing. I'd give it to her. I'd give it to... I'd give it to Kathy Bates. Yeah. I haven't um, seen Misery in a while, but remember being pretty fucked up by that movie. So. Yeah. Can't can't deny uh, either first or second place there. Now, I yeah. would give it to Shirley... Did Shirley McLean get nominated? Shirley McLean was not nominated, but that year... That's absurd. Whoopi Goldberg won for Ghost. Oh, oh but we, I didn't even want her to win, did I? Right? Somebody else was nominated that year. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, love, I do love Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, uh, I love you, Meryl, but yeah. no. Um, so to the next. Five years between nominations, which probably was shocking for Meryl at this point. MS, because she'd been what nominated, were you doing? She'd been nominated nine times. Um, and I think this is, I mean, maybe her other, she's got three kids, four kids. Maybe some of them were young. The Mamie one, was what? definitely, Mamie was born earlier because Mamie is a little older than us. Okay. Um, but maybe this is around Grace or the other kids that aren't actors, so we don't care about them. Um, Wait, aren't two of them actors? I mean, beyond Mamie, there's like one Mamie. Uh, I think I Grace know. Gummers. Grace definitely is and Mamie definitely is. Yeah. I don't know, but I know she has a son who I think is not. I think. I don't know. Well, this isn't about Meryl's personal life. Nope, it's not. This isn't called Meryl's personal life. So 1995. Wait, there was a... What, okay, sorry, go ahead. And then I think afterwards we can go back and talk about some of the other movies, okay. uh, but we'll do the actual we'll nominations do, okay. first. Okay. So 95, she's nominated for The Bridges of Madison County. Another movie I had never seen. Also, I had never seen this movie as well. Did I cry... While watching this movie on my laptop, yes, I did, one thousand percent. It's t- it's a little tainted for it was a little tainted for me because like Clint Eastwood is like gross guy now. Honestly, like is he even not sort of gross guy in this movie? A little bit. I mean, not politically. Maybe we didn't know as much about him that we personally disagree but with. Like, but like I like an older gentleman and like would not fuck. No, you know what I mean? like when she's like the hardest thing Meryl's at, and I'm sure it was different shots, so this isn't real. But her, when she's, like, watching him, like, shower? take off his shirt and shower in the yard yeah. or whatever, and she's, like, biting down on her lip, I was like, like, she's a hell of an actress. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
is that what's doing it for you? Because he's not, I, 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 he's not, I'm trying to think of like, some, I don't know, like Dennis Quaid now, I think if you took his shirt off, or George Clooney, I was like, they're the same age probably, right? That Clint Eastwood was at that time. Well, Clint Eastwood's like 90 now. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. So he was Sorry. 65. Let's not play the aged game. Yeah. No. It, it was, it's not, and it's nice that it's older people that yeah. found love. Oh, yeah. But watching them kiss is, I don't know. I, I was expecting a, to find it a little more erotic. I, I think not. she's good in this movie. I don't think this is a great movie. No. The whole framing of it is sort of bad. Oh, we the, spend, oh, a, well, we spend a lot. Much, we they, spend a lot of time with her kids. Yes, too much time. And they also like. Well, the, the the movie wants to have it both ways. Now, again, did I cry at this movie? Yes, I did. Sure. Because she gets it out of me every time. the The movie wants to have it both ways. It wants they. It wants you to think. It wants you to cry and be like, "What a tragic love story! How yeah. beautiful! Whatever!" But then they they have like these lovely moments, and then they cut back to the kids, and the son is like, "What?" What's the son doing in this entire movie? Clint Eastwood has this weird thing about, um, and I would have to look up who the son is because I'm sure he has like a hundred credits or something and I'm wrong. But particularly recently, he started casting like non-actors a lot in roles, like in Gran Torino. Basically, there's like him and, um, what's his name who I love? The Zodiac Killer. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal? No. I I didn't see Gran Torino. Um... But everybody else in that movie is very bad at acting. And the son is like that in this. I'm just like, this is like the most wooden yeah. performance. Yeah. Well, his outrage over his like mom's affair seems so fake in yeah. a way. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, what what are you talking about? Even? Although honestly, you know, I get your mom's gone now and you know the father seems, you know. He worked very hard, and maybe he wasn't around as much, but he was not a bad person, which no. I actually sort of also appreciated about yeah. that. And I'm sure this is true of the novel also, that they don't make him out to be like, you know, Abusive we see him once where he hits or, her before yeah. he takes the kids away to the cattle No, that's why I think this made, that's what made this, to me, that's what made this worth crying over. Right. That, because it wasn't, that's the saddest story. Those are the saddest stories to me, or ones that are, it's, it's nobody's fault. Nobody's a bad guy. It's just like this yeah. is I. This is what I need to do for my children. I've you know I've made a commitment to something, right? And I'm going to stay in it for that reason. I think she got nominated for again. Like I don't know what the Oscar scene was. I would guess it's the scene in the car at the end. Yeah, it's got to be the scene in the car at the end. Or although um, she doesn't really have any lines there. That's true. But it's like she, which by the way is telling that we both said this for the postcards for the edge from the edge and this that like she does do so much with her face. Right. She like it's so interesting to me and and maybe I thought this thinking one true thing and today and I really hope that she Meryl if you're listening to this turn it off I don't mean this in a negative way I mean this in a way that I relate because she's not like a traditionally beautiful person yeah you're not struck she's not her 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 face is not striking right i uh, sometimes when you're watching stuff and there's like a like julia roberts is a good example where sometimes you're watching her and i'm like i forget what you're even talking about because you're like so beautiful and unique looking yeah meryl streep looks like my mom like she could just be kind of anybody's mom and i think because of that were I read a lot more on her face because she a uses it well, obviously. Yeah. But 
there, there's, it's more of a blank canvas. It's not quite so striking in that way. And that scene in the car when she, with her hand on the handle and you think she might get out or whatever is, but you know she won't. Right. Is you like, it's crazy what she goes through in that moment of, and then when her husband's like, what's going on? And she's like, just don't talk to me. Like, yeah. I just need to be. I just need a minute. Yeah. I just need a minute. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Like, and then they cut back to the kids being like, burp, 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 like jokey jokes yeah. about stuff. And then the son being like, do I make you happy to his oh. wife? And his wife is very obnoxious. His wife, was a, she, his wife <laughs> at the beginning joked about like, ooh, do you think she died and left us like a million dollars or something? And I was like, ugh, your, your husband's mom just, just died. died. Get out of here. Yeah. Bye. It's not great. But there, but I did feel like they had... I also had, thought it was weird because I'd never seen it. I had seen the musical, The Bridges of Madison County. They made it this into a musical? I think, I don't know if it's fully just adopted uh, from the film or probably more from the book. Uh, but they did. And it was pretty good also. Um, I was surprised it was such a two-hander. Yeah, that you saw it's his... It's basically just the two of them yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Except for the flashbacks. Can we talk about her accent work? Yeah. She's Italian? I guess they needed to do that because it was in the book. It just yeah. is such a funny, weird that never. Well, really I was comes reading about play. how someone else wanted to direct it, um, and they dropped out because they wanted to make her British, and they wouldn't uh, agree to that. So, but again, weird hill to then die. Then why on. is it? Um, why didn't they get like Isabella Rossellini to be in this movie? Yeah, I don't know why we were like, yeah. Again, I don't... love Meryl. She's love good Meryl. in this. She did it. She did it again. She did it. But but Isabella Rossellini feels like she would have been more age appropriate, right? And because because Meryl Streep feels like a little young for him. to be yeah. for him, and also to be like in this, I don't know, it's not quite right, right? Like Isabella Rossellini, I would believe is like kind of a glamorous, especially like from Italy. Obviously, or, she's Italian. You know what they could have done, and really drove Megan wild. Audrey's tattoo. <laughs> no, at two years old. What? Meryl Streep. Robert Redford. Shut your fucking dirty mouth. (laughs) This is the problem, though. This would be the problem with that movie. Yeah. There's no fucking way she's not getting out of the car at the end of that movie. And it would ruin the whole thing. Yeah. No one would buy it. Yeah. Robert Redford standing. Robert. Okay, I like literally cannot. Robert Redford. Early 90s standing in the rain. (laughs) <laughs> Meryl Streep's husband's getting out of that car he's getting out of that car and he's like I'm going with you wherever it is you're going I'm going with you guys Megan just had a stroke <laughs> a stroke and an orgasm at the yeah. same time a, stor- a storgasm storgasm my friend from the gym mm-hmm. Joyce yeah uh, deep shout out Joyce Joyce from the gym Joyce from the gym uh, she works with Robert Redford at Sundance and I was very embarrassed to have to admit to her that I thought that remember when I thought he might be dead yeah he's not dead he's he not. has aged but he is not dead yeah and listen she calls him Bob yeah and she really and she's like he's really nice he doesn't feel like a Bob to me. Like, I can see, like, Bob De Niro. Yeah, totally. Like, people that know Robert De Niro. He seems like a Bob. He seems like a Robert. Robert Redford seems like a Robert. Robert. I would think so, too, but she yeah. calls him Bob. Interesting. She calls him Bob. And she said, not so much anymore because, like, he's a different getting age. Up, yeah. He's getting up there. But, like, when she first started working with him, people would, he's so beautiful 
and such a movie star yeah. that people would be in the room with him, like they'd go in for meetings and they would lose their train of thought or like mm. just not, or like be like gaping at him. Yeah. And she was like, it was very annoying. <laughs> Handsome man. Could not, I had to have Clint Eastwood because otherwise she's getting out of that damn car. Yeah, you have to have, you have to believe there's a reason. Yeah. I say watch this movie if you're like, uh, what did my parents masturbate to? Like then, like my yeah. mom, what did my mom masturbate to? Yeah, if you're into that question, if that's a big question that's always come up for you. Yeah, this is what for sure my mom masturbated to. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Deb if you're listening. Don't, um, don't say her. Don't, don't. I, I meant that as a joke. When you say her name, it becomes real. So She did love this movie, though. I Meryl Streep is nominated for this. The other nominees, Elizabeth Shue for Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, I love Elizabeth Shue. Sharon Stone for Casino. Okay. Emma Thompson for Sense and Sensibility. Oh, okay. And the winner was Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. Okay, we've talked about this. Should have been Emma Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Like, times a thousand yeah. should have been Emma Thompson. These were the other winners of the major awards this year. This was the uh, second year of the SAG Awards. Susan Sarandon won the SAG Award as well. Ugh. It's Nicole just because Kidman it's... won the Critics' Choice Award for To Die For. For To Die For. Sharon, Stor- Sharon Stone won the Golden Globe. But I think we would give it to Emma Thompson. Oh, um, a thousand times And over. I think, honestly... I would probably choose almost any of these people over Meryl in this movie. Maybe not Elizabeth Shue. I don't really like Leaving Las Vegas, but the other ones, um, I think I would pick over her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's good. She's good. I, she's I don't. Good. I think she's a little mis. I, somebody's a little miscast. It's a little off. Yeah. But she does her. You know, again, she does her. Um, she does her eye roll, like mouth, like not even just looking up to the heavens, ha- mouth to hands thing a lot. It's, you know, I did think this movie would be sillier, but the scene in the truck was, is a very, it's a very beautiful scene. Yeah. Um, so her next nomination is a few but years no, later. But no, Meryl. No. No, Meryl. You didn't get this no. money there. You didn't get it. Yeah. So 0 for 3 during this period and. I feel fine about that. Yeah. The Academy got it right. One true thing. Okay, I just watched... I just bawled my fucking eyes out about this. So movie. One True Thing is basically a movie about Renee Zellweger. It really to begin, is. To begin with. She plays like this journalist in New York who comes home. She's the most um, fascinating woman to me, yeah, Renee Zellweger. Back to Westchester um, because her mom gets sick and her dad is a professor and he can't take the time off. So he wants her to come home and Tom Everett Scott is their... Basically, her ne'er-do-well brother. He's not really doing anything, but no. he's in school. So, um, And she's the woman. And so William Hurt tells her she needs to come home and watch her mom. Well, she uh, goes through ovarian cancer, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. It progresses pretty quickly. Yes. Um, this is a beautiful movie. That it's a good I movie. A lot. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. It's got a, This one also has a really weird framing device. Yes. That has this whole... Why did they do that? I don't know. So, spoiler alert. It's based on a book, so I'm sure it's also a book. Um, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen One True Thing, which, again, I hadn't seen any of these movies we've talked about so far until this. I had seen One True Thing, but, like, way back in the day. Yeah. So, I I remembered that she, that at the end, there's a thing about she dies not of the cancer, but of morphine overdose. Right. 
So there's a whole framing device in this movie about basically Renee Zellweger talking to a police detective. And it's seemingly that she has, you know, it's like a murder investigation. Mm -hmm. So throughout the movie, I kept waiting to be like, because it kind of sets up that she is not, her and her mother do not have a very good relationship. Um, and that which a large is, part of that is because her she's always idolized her father, who was yes. a, like a writer and literary professor. Right. And I think she's sort of, I can only assume her mother is sort of the ultimate housewife. Yes. Like, and Renee Zellweger looks down on that. This yeah. is very progressive for this time, too. Yes. Um, Meryl Streep, I can see how she would be annoying as a mother, but she's a very nice mother. She's so sweet. Yeah. But if you are like, Renee Zellweger's got important. a real stick up her ass in this movie. Well, listen, I feel that deeply because I think when I was, well, my mom worked and was a French teacher and I, but I, and I like kind of thought that was cool about, that was like something that I thought was really cool about her. Yeah. And I don't know. I think there, there was, this movie spoke to me in a crazy way uh-huh. and it is very, William Hurt is, I think a, a large part of it is because, is again, it's a very rote movie. It's like, yeah. like everything that you think is going to happen happens in yeah. this movie. She realizes like, oh. Her perfect father is not so perfect yes, after all. after all. And, and like her mother, who she thought was such adult or yeah. like just to sit like, knew a lot more of what was going on and like chose this life and yeah. is happy that she chose this life. Everything that is, that you think is going to happen happens. However, the way that they the 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 actors that they got and and I'm including and I really include William Hurt in this who is yeah. phenomenal in this yeah movie. he's actually he's really good in this movie We've, really good we haven't always said great things about William Hurt on this podcast but he is good in this but movie is, it's a really good role for him it's a great role for him it's I think he aged into his because I once he got out of his like oh William Hurt's so so good looking yeah he became so much more interesting he's yeah. the Jude Law of that time right um, but uh, that's a great comparison that's a great comparison I think yeah. so too I just came up with that yeah. Um, but it, because the actors are so good and it elevates the material, mm-hmm. um, Renee Zellweger is our, and the fact that you have Renee Zellweger as like our way in, she's not like anything extraordinary, but her, the look of her and mm-hmm. the, her, her, her attitude or whatever. And I think this is around the same time she did Bridget Jones mm-hmm. is like, she's very like every woman. Yeah. She is very easy to relate to. It's like, and it, and she does a good job, but at first she's like annoyed. That scene with her and Lauren Graham in the kitchen. Yeah. When they first come visit and her mom, and she's just like clearly just like, whatever, mom, like so annoyed right. by her mom. And then from, and like having to come back and, you know, and be a martyr and yeah. take care. And then just what she does for her mother is like, is a really nice, it's a really nice movie. It's going to make me cry again. <laughs> but Meryl Streep has like three-ish, one in particular, yeah. big monologue where she cries yeah. and gets all, and has the makeup on and, and looks like she's dying and has like the red eyes. And it's, yeah. what, it's textbook. I'd say the weirdest, the performance-wise, I think she's great in this movie. I talked about, like, she stays in this, like, sort of higher pitch than we're used to mm-hmm. from Meryl Streep throughout. Um, very, and very Susie Housewife. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's great in this film. I think it's a little category fraud. I think she probably should have been run as a supporting actress. Yes. Because it's definitely Renee Zellweger's story. Yes. Um, she's not in half of it. No, and I can only assume that it's only because it was Meryl Streep. They're like, we have to run her as lead. Yeah. Um, 
But it's a really good performance in a sort of, again, like, this is a really nice movie. It's not an Academy Award movie. No. By any means, I don't think. No. And it wouldn't have been nominated for anything except the actors are so good. Right. And they do such a good job of it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That being said, she's, I don't know, she's really good in it. Remember that scene at the end, too, where she's, like, dying and, and they put the quilt on her and they're like oh, we all made this, we, mm-hmm. like, signed it, and she just is, like, she, I've only seen one, two people in hospice, but that, I just feel like she nailed it. That right. thing of, like, oh, where's the baby? Like, when she was, like, who's making a ruckus in the other room? Where you can not, you can't really speak yeah. super loudly because it's too much energy. Right. But you want to, Pretend. Be a part of it. You want to yeah. be a part of it. You want to be in it. And yeah. everybody else is kind of quiet and is letting you kind of dictate the conversation. And, and you can't move your head that much. It just is like, I think it was, I just, I really liked it. I, yeah. I liked her in this movie a lot. So um, she is nominated against in that year. <laughs> uh, Fernando Montenegro for Central Station. I've not seen that movie. Emily Watson for Hillary and Jackie. I've mm-hmm. not seen that movie. Kate Blanchett for Elizabeth, and the winner was Gwyneth Paltrow for Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, I'm going to quibble. Um, I can quibble about the winner, uh, about, you can say, maybe Meryl over Gwyneth Paltrow. I could see that, except for, again, the sort of lead question. I can't say that I would would say she should have won it over Kate Blanchett and Elizabeth. I know. Um and then Judy Dench won Best Supporting Actress that year for Elizabeth. Well, she is on. I on almost would quibble with that. Yeah. Because she. And that would be my issue. Right. This is what I would say. Kate Blanchett should. And listen, Elizabeth is a good. Is a good. Is a really good movie. I like Shakespeare. When we did that year, yeah. Shakespeare in Love is a better movie. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's the second best movie of that year. Right. In my mind. Yeah. Um, and my mind is the only mind that counts. It's the only one that matters. Fuck you, everybody else. I would say Kate Blanchett should have won Best Actress. And I would say I would give Meryl an Oscar. I would give her a Best Supporting Actress yep. this year. I don't know who the other nominees were, but she should... As much as I love Judy Dench and whatever, yeah. she literally put on a... She's in it for maybe five minutes, yeah. and she just acts regal. Like, yeah. that's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Like, Is it the other Best Supporting Actress nominees, Kathy Bates in Primary Colors. No. Brenda Blevin in Little Voice, which oh, I've not I seen. Oh, I love Little Voice. Oh, now you're in, I'm in trouble because I love Little Voice, but... Rachel Griffiths and Hillary and Jackie and Lynn Redgrave in Gods and Monsters. And Lynn Redgrave is quite good in Gods and Monsters also, actually. I, I, listen, I could give Meryl Streep because I think she's amazing. Yeah. And, I, and she really made me cry in this movie. Yeah. I could give her the best supporting actress. Yeah. So we can give her an Oscar with an asterisk because she wasn't run that way. Yes. Um, Oscar with an the, asterisk is Gwyneth Paltrow won the Oscar and the SAG Award. Kate Blanchett won the Golden Globe and the Critics' Choice Award that year. So she does get nominated again the following that dress. year. That dress did it. That dress. Um, she gets nominated again the following year for that classic, Music of the Heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't make it through this one either. Now, this is very much... Um, ah, we need a fifth... Well, Meryl was in a movie this year. Again, she's good in this movie. 
I don't know that she's She's that not good. great. It's not a great Meryl performance. It's, it's not like not. an upper echelon Meryl performance, but she's not bad. No. You know, she stepped she in this movie sort of last moment because Madonna dropped out. Oh, was it supposed to be Madonna? Yeah. What? How the fuck would that have gone? It is interesting because this movie has a weird time jump in the middle of it. Like, it starts out and then it just jumps 10 years. Yeah. You'll be here. And she's supposed to be like... Meryl looks great in this movie. She looks great for her age. Yeah. But at the beginning there, if you look at the IMDb description of this movie, it's like a young teacher in Harlem. Meryl was 49 years old when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> so not that, not that young. Because even when we do the time jump, she's probably still a little older because she's supposed to be like this military wife yeah. whose husband leaves her. Moved She's got these two young sons. Even when we jump 10 years later and her sons are like late in high school and in college or whatever they're supposed to be, and she's 49, that means she had them like when she's in her early 30s. I feel like as a military wife, we're supposed to believe she had these kids really young. Really young. Really young. Like in her yeah, early it's 20s. Weird. It's weird. I mean, that's a weird casting thing. Although, I guess that made more sense with Madonna? I don't know. Age-wise, it made more sense Age-wise, with Madonna. Everything else, not yeah. at all. This movie is like just such. Um, this movie is the blind side of its day, and oh, I say that as somebody that uh, likes. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's very white savior, and they like call it out like early on. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. It's fine. Every moment. Esteban, isn't it? Yeah. Every moment that's trying to make these like hard up students seem. Uh, that's true. He's in this. That try and make this the kids seem like coming from hardship, feel very rushed. It'll just randomly be like, well, she doesn't she doesn't have her violin because we're going through a divorce. Oh, yeah. And she was like, my grandmother died. Oh, I'm losing my... Which I was like, is that an inner-city hardship? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those, both those things, I was like, these aren't really inner-city. And then a kid does get killed in a yes, drive-by. in a drive-by. It, it is a... It's fine. It's a fine. It's a fine movie. I did I almost fine. cry during the concert scene at the end? Yes. Yes. Of course I did. But those, but I don't blame you for that because those movies are designed yep. mm-hmm. to make you feel that. She way. She did learn how to play the violin for this movie, as well as uh, so did um, one of the sons learned how to play the violin. Oh, um, Michael Aran. He plays one of the younger versions of the Sons, okay. but apparently he still plays the violin to this day. Well, he learned it for this him. movie. Yeah. So that would have. I read that. Thing. Uh, it was nuts. This was an Oscar movie. In it's crazy. It's crazy. Because um, especially because, like, listen, she's never bad. No, like she really is never. She's one of those few people. Even in Ironside. Well, Mary Poppins returns. No, I don't. I wouldn't even agree with that because she she because that is a cartoon of a movie. Yeah. So she's a cartoon person. Like, it fits the movie. Yeah. It, it always is like, I get it. I get it what she's doing. I get what she's doing. She's never bad. But I would say I didn't love her in this. It felt no. like, just the, especially the stuff in the beginning when her husband leaves her, it's very over the, she's very over the top. Yeah. And I don't know. It's fine. Who do you think would get this role now? This music of the heart. Yeah, thing? if they remade music of the heart now, who plays the teacher? Maybe her daughter, Renee Zellweger. Hmm, she's probably a little old. I guess she is. We need somebody a little bit, but they wouldn't go with a like she, Meryl would never a Meryl like a Jennifer Lawrence would never do that movie today. Right. 
You know what I mean? Would Anne Hathaway do this movie? I don't think so. I don't. Somebody more like that's more... I I don't think that. What about... Someone less of a star. Rachel Weiss? Too old. Like Elizabeth Moss. Oh, okay. Elizabeth Banks? Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> That's who it is. I'm like, Elizabeth Moss, but I'm like, she's too, she picks two, like, interesting projects. Yeah. Like, this would be too pedestrian yeah. for her. It'd be like Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Anyway, so Megan and I would like to announce that uh, <laughs> we will be co-directing a reboot. Uh, and by the way, the heart. Gloria Estefan's part will go to Gloria Estefan. Yes, yeah, she will still be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so look out for that. Um, we are recasting CCH Pounder. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking to go the other way. Uh, sorry, no, she's not in it. It's Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. In this one. Angela Bassett, not yeah. CCH Pounder. Yeah. We're going with Lupita Nyongo. Well, who am I gonna play? Um, one of the sons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be. Uh, no, you're gonna be uh, the reporter that's married to the the world-renowned violinist. Oh, that sounds. That's so me. Yeah. That's. So me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh my god. And I I'm will so be grateful. playing Itzhak Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited. It'll be a transformational role for myself. Don't watch this movie. Watch, flip on the tele, the telly, like any time, uh, like, you know, during a Memorial Day marathon or something and catch the last hour of The Blind Side instead. Call yeah. it a day. This is just, uh, it's right in this, like, middle of, like, this teacher movie revolution right. with Mr. Holland's, Mr. Holland's Opus, Opus and Dangerous Minds and yep. The Substitute. <laughs> the substitute. That's, that's sort of different, but um, <laughs> teachers were big teachers, at this point guys. in time. Teachers, guys. Anyway, these were the other nominees uh, when Meryl was nominated for Music of the Heart. Julianne Moore for The End of the Affair. Oh! Oh! My God. Have we never talked about The End of the Affair? No. <gasps> I would fucking give it to Julianne Moore right now. Janet McTeer for Tumbleweeds. Annette Benning for American Beauty. Nope. I would still give it to fucking Julianne And Janet the winner Moore. was Hilary Swank for Boys Don't Cry. I'm sorry, Hilary Swank. I know that was very traumatic for you to go through. I'm telling you, if you guys have not seen The End of the Affair, I love that movie so much. So Hilary Swank also won the Golden Globe and the Critics' Choice. That is a sexy movie. Talk about people you want to see fuck. It's Ralph Fiennes and Julianne Moore, for sure. Is it Ralph Fiennes or Rafe, was it Rafe Fiennes? Whatever the fuck. <laughs> doesn't matter. He can go fuck himself. Um, that movie is good. Uh, Annette Benning won the SAG Award that year. I think I'd give it to Annette <laughs> Benning. Um, Hilary Swank took enough of her fucking Oscars. Um, so, I'd give it to Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore's fucking been robbed a bunch of times, too. Yeah. 2002. Oh, two. Meryl takes a step back. Takes a supporting role. What? That's crazy. For her nomination for Adaptation. Adaptation. Great movie. Great movie. We talked about this movie a little bit way back on our second episode ever when we did that year, 2002. Um, I chose Adaptation as my favorite movie of the year. What did I choose? That year, you chose Gangs of New York. Oh. As well as our guest, Joe Gillette. Um, but I also do really love Adaptation. It's a good movie. This might be my favorite Meryl Streep performance. What? Yeah. <gasps> that is a bold statement. More than Mary Poppins Returns. Yes. Just barely over Mary Poppins Returns. 
Um, yeah, I rewatched it again. I watched, had watched it, you know, um, uh, going on a year and a half ago, I guess. Um, I just love her in this movie. I know, she's, she's just really fun. so good. She's really fun. I think the phone scene with the dial tone might be my favorite Meryl Streep scene. <laughs> there, there's two nominees. Just, there's two nominees, and we're going to talk about the next one next. But it's right up there. What does she say was she, when she's like, she goes like, do you ever just listen to the dial tone I, I and mean, try to she, match it? Yeah. Well, like, no, she just makes him, she just says, do, do, do this, do this. And then she makes him do the noise, and then he starts talking, and she's like, no, just keep doing it. Yeah. And then they just try and make the dial tone. The dial tone. Because she's high on that. Sweet, sweet Florida sweet. Everglades opium sniff. John, you go like this. No, keep going. You have to sustain, and then I will join you, and together. See, I can't do it by myself. Okay, which one do you want me to do? Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. We got it. We got it. Um, she's really she's super fun in this and again this is and this is this is a movie she so often is on I don't think she's on autopilot let me just say that I don't ever think she's on autopilot I think she puts everything into every role but a lot of the stuff that she's given is like like wife and mom like even a lot of these things like almost every other thing we've talked about has been like music of the heart one true thing Bridges of Madison County, like even out of like whatever, all these movies are like very like wife and mom and like yeah. whatever, and she can play that with her fucking hands tied behind her back, yeah. no problem. This is, and we'll talk about the next thing, yeah. but this is such an interesting departure for her. And I also feel like this is weirdly, even though she's been in a lot of like romance movies and stuff, like maybe like one of her sexiest performances, yeah, where she really just cuts loose, yeah. Because in stuff like Bridges of Madison County, you get sort of these like more chaste, yes, love scenes, and even like out of Africa, where like she's not that that relationship isn't sexy between the two no. of them, but because but of the time a, period and stuff, it's very buttoned yeah, they up. They make and, it, yeah. Although um, that, that scene when he tells her not to move is like yeah. really hot. Um, but she's she, but in this, she's just like grinding on Chris yeah. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Who's such a, oh, he's so gross in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, and that scene I also love when she, both when she decides, like, they have to kill yep. Charlie. Mm-hmm. And then when LaRoche gets attacked by the, like, just the complete, like, wild grief she shows. Yes. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, she's fucking great. You've, I, I came in this to this being like, I don't know if she should win for adaptation. And maybe that's because, like, it was supporting and I'm just, and I'm, like, how, you know, because I don't, because that, that, also that movie is so crazy. Yeah. And is so filled with a lot of great performances that it's not that she gets lost. Right. But, like, she's, like, just one in a list of, yeah. like, like, Nicole, so, Nicholas Cage, sorry, Nicole. Yeah. Nicholas Cage is amazing in this movie. Yeah. It's also a great year for supporting actresses. Uh, so the other nominees are Julianne Moore in The Hours, Queen Latifah in Chicago, Kathy Bates in About Schmidt. 
and Catherine Zeta-Jones wins for Chicago. No. Um, the other, Zeta-Jones won the Oscar, the SAG, and the Critics' Choice Award. Meryl Streep won the Golden Globe, but I think I give it to Meryl. I give it to Meryl, too. I give it to Meryl. Meryl, take that trophy. Take that trophy, Meryl. So now you got one and one asterisk trophy. And I like Catherine Zeta-Jones in Yeah, and Chicago. she's good in that. I mean, everybody, all those Every, All those people are, are good. Great. Yeah. I give it to Meryl. She also this year, she's not nominated for it, but that she's in the hours this year, too. And you know yeah. what? She's great in that movie, She's too. great in that, too. And you know what? They should, have, they should have added them together and been like, Go to Meryl. Yeah, that's all the more reason. Yeah. The reaction that she has when Ed Harris scoots himself out that window yeah. is like such a real reaction. And I just, and again, again, that's another like. I, I bought the flowers myself. Yeah, I bought the flowers. Mrs. Dalloway said she would buy the flowers. <laughs> I will say, um, again, that's another like wife and mother thing. Yeah. It just seems so easy. And she, and she does all her Meryl ticks, yeah. and it fucking plays, man. Yeah. It plays. Yeah. It always plays. Yeah. Um, in adaptation, I just feel like she's doing something we haven't seen her do before. Yes, she's agreed. having more fun than she She's having more has. fun than she usually does. You know what I think it is with like the hand over the mouth and the like the way she says things a lot, like her ticks or whatever. I think she has a really nice way of of conveying insecurity, maybe. Uh-huh. Which is that's what we're reacting to. Yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm responding to is like she seems so authentic because she seems Insecure. All yeah. of her characters are a little bit. I'm like, am I doing this right? Yeah. Have you seen Debbie Reynolds' impression of Meryl Streep on no. Larry King? No. Well, um, we'll watch it right after this. We'll watch it right after this. Uh, if you haven't, check it out. Uh, it will maybe ruin Meryl a little bit for you because it's a it's pretty dead on. Watching, I will not. Meryl is not ruined for me yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But I will say, watching a bunch of these movies in a row, I'm like, all right. I'm on to you. I get what you're doing. Yeah. I'm on to you. Um, so the last one we're going to talk about in terms of her actual nominations, The Devil Wears Prada. Winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. This is maybe my favorite, Meryl. Well, so the other, I think Adaptation is <clears throat> my favorite performance. The other nominee for best Meryl scene is the Cerulean speech. Oh. <laughs> it's so, I don't know how she does it. It's so dripping with disdain mm-hmm. I've never which is such a hard I think it's such a it's such a uh, um, uh, like niche thing to play it's so it's it's so what's the word I'm looking for when it's not big but it's um, small. What's the word? whatever it's it's such subtle. a specific subtle thing to yeah. play and and uh, we should probably drop that speech in right here, just so you know. Yeah, just edit that in. Yeah, just edit that in. Maybe we'll just edit in Bowen Yang doing his lip sync of it. Have sure. you seen that? Yes, I have seen that. But that's, if we're going to do a visual thing, that's <laughs> just him doing it. Yeah. Stuff? Oh, okay. I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back, but what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue, it's not turquoise, it's not lapis, it's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns, and then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who showed cerulean military jackets? I think we need a jacket here. 
And then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. It's incredible. Um, she did win a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Comedy for The Devil Wears Prada, but she lost to Helen Mirren, who kind of went across the board in all the major awards. Right, because comedies don't get their right. don't get enough credit. They don't get their just due. Which is so interesting too to me, not only do comedies not get enough credit, but also this is not, for the most part, a comedic performance. Right. This is not Megan uh uh Wow. I've like lost my mind. I can't think mm-hmm. of her name. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, Bridesmaids. Yes. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa Wow. <laughs> Guys, I'm tired. It's um, not Melissa McCarthy being crazy and whatever. Right. It's the most restrained thing. And it is so good. Yeah. Um, the other nominees that year, by the way, were Kate Winslet for Little Children, who we love. Love. Judy Dench for Notes on a Scandal. And Penelope Cruz for Volver. Those are all good performances. Yes. Um, here's my question. That we've I think already... I'd still... And I love Live for Little Children. That's one of my favorite movies that we've ever talked right. about. And I still think I would give it to Meryl. Here's my question that I will posit to you um, that we've already talked about once now. Because one could argue very easily that The Devil Wars Prada is not a movie about Meryl Streep and Hathaway is the lead performance in this movie. For sure. If she's nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which I think you could very easily do. Mm -hmm. For sure. Then she's competing against Rinko Kikuchi in Babel. Yes, when... Abigail Breslin in Little Miss Sunshine. When, yes, I'm sorry. Kate Blanchett in Notes on a Scandal. Yes. Adriana Barraza in Babel. Yes. And the winner, Jennifer Hudson for Dreamgirls. Oh, God. So easily. So easily. I like Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls, but if they'd run her in sporting, she wins she that wins award. She wins that award. Times yeah. a thousand, yeah. Yeah. Should have run her in supporting. Yeah. Because I think even if you even if you eliminated, who was it that won again? Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Even if you eliminate Helen Mirren, I still think a movie like Little Children will beat her, mm-hmm. just because that's the nature of the yeah. award. But if you win, if you if supporting, they're much more forgiving with giving it to like Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. wins and like whatever they'll give it to a, a comedic actor for right. sure. Yeah, um, Abigail Breslin. Even I mean, like yeah. a lot of that's a com- comedic performance. I just feel like. Uh, it's hard to defeat Helen Mirren in The Queen when she's in every single scene and she's playing fucking Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. Um, it would have been a lot easier if... I feel, And if it was basically any actress... If Glenn Close played Miranda Priestly, she, she would have been nominated for Best supporting. supporting Actress. I agree. Meryl Streep's the only person they run in lead actress. There. I agree. I feel like... And I feel like she's maybe our only actress. Maybe Julia Roberts. Not that she would have played Miranda Priestly. No, but... I'm but trying to think... If what she's other actresses anything, of that yeah. caliber would not have been run and supporting? Like, I feel like maybe Nicole Kidman is that same maybe. level at this point. Yeah, maybe too. Kate Winslet at that point. Yeah. Um, Everybody else, they would run them in supporting. Mm-hmm. So I say give it to her supporting asterisks. Yeah. Two asterisks awards and a real award. And a real award. 
Now we're getting good. Now we're getting Because, yeah. see, now we're leaving the 90s, yeah. and we're getting into where they made good movies again. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about some of the movies that maybe... Good Oscar movies again. Maybe she didn't get nominated for. Well, let's go back. Did you watch any other movies from Meryl Streep's catalog in uh, this 20 years? I mean, I watched... I'm going to pull up her... Um, scenes. Um, Did you know I'll that Music the... of a Heart... By the way, I just thought... I, re- I realized I wrote this down. Music of a Heart of the Heart is a film by Wes Craven? Yes. Yes, Wes Craven apparently, right after Scream, signed a two-picture deal with Miramax. Fascinating. And the whole idea was he would direct one additional horror film and then some sort of costume drama or, like, some sort of elevated drama. And they thought he'd do, like, a costume drama, but he wanted to do something about music because he loved music. Well, he wanted to do just, like, more specifically about music of the heart. Yes. Um, Like, not music of the head. So these are... Not music of the hand. Music of the heart. Here's uh, some other films from this period, because it's a large period. She-Devil, we talked about. Oh, yeah, there is one that I'm like, that I did Death Becomes Her. And that's the one. Okay. Death Becomes Her is up in my tops. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favesies. I actually rewatched Death Becomes Her, not for this, but I had rewatched it when we did 1992, which was so long ago. She's so fucking funny in this movie. She and Goldie Hawn are so... They're, everybody's so great, but she's so fucking funny in this movie. It's crazy to me. She it's Especially because it's Meryl Streep and she's so good. Again, yeah. this is the Academy bias against comedies because there's no way, I think even now, that she wouldn't be nominated for a movie like that wouldn't get you nominated... Wouldn't get you a supporting, at least. Now, she did lose to... We don't... Neither of us like this movie, but if she had been nominated for Best Actress... Emma Thompson won for Howard's End. And even though we don't like Howard's End, we love Emma Thompson. I do love Emma Thompson, but I don't think she does anything special in that movie. She probably would have been nominated for Best Supporting, if I had to guess. And then Marissa Tomei won for My Cousin Betty. All right. All right, you can give it to, you can give it to Marissa Tomei. Yeah. If she's going to... But, but we already talked about how they keep running her in Best Actress, and i got to tell you, she fucking beats, like... Emma Thompson, I love Emma Thompson, yeah. but she just does kind of the stiff upper lip thing. It's such a forgettable movie, and she does kind of the stiff upper lip yeah. thing, and, and that's the whole thing. And that's yeah, the she should have won in '93 for *Remains of the Day*, and then she should have won in '95 for *Sense and Sensibility*. One thousand percent, she should not have won for *Howard's End*. Yeah. That's not. It wasn't even. It's not that fun of a part for her. Yeah. *Death Becomes Her* is so. Literally, if you haven't seen that movie, go out and see it. Bruce Willis is a plastic surgeon and uh, basically puts brings these women back to life. Back to life, and they are falling apart, and they just keep getting plastic surgery to put themselves together. And it is so she's so she's so she's doing something different, uh-huh. and she's so and it, she's playing a totally different version of herself, and she's so full of life and fun. And some of the deliveries is just art is just priceless. Great comedic film, um, The House of the Spirits. Not a movie I've seen. I did look up some of uh, some rankings of Meryl Streep's like performances, and that was towards the bottom of most lists. So, mm, okay. 1994, The River Wild. River Wild, yeah, baby. Now Meryl actually got nominated for several awards for The River Wild. Really? She was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Drama for The River Wild. The River Wild, I think Kevin Bacon's role is by far the most fun part for in sure. that movie. Yes. Um, for, but it's if not... If you don't know about The River Wild, it is a, it's a family on a rafting trip. It's... And she's it's a really... speed on a raft. It's speed on a raft. Yeah. She's a badass rafter. Yeah. Like, what a cool... Whatever. She plays a lot of cool parts. 
and then Kevin Bacon is the bad guy and basically takes her and her family hostage. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I've seen this movie. And then she has to kind of like, and then they have to try and escape. Yeah. It is the shit. It, Did- that movie, by the way, it's been a while since I've seen it. I bet it holds up. I just watched it. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, right? Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. What did I write about it? Who's the... Is it? Is it David Strathairn is the dad? Yeah. David Strathairn's the dad. John C. Riley. Oh, he's one of the other bad guys. He's the yeah, other yeah, bad yeah. guy. That movie's um, fucking... I remember watching that movie with my friend Katie Chamberlain and her parents, and we were like, this is the best movie. It's honestly not a super strong year for best actress. Jessica Lange won for Blue Sky, which I have never seen. Right, we talked about it. She this. also won uh, the Golden Globe. The other nominees are Susan Sarandon and The Client, no. Winona Ryder for Little Women. I mean, I love that movie. Miranda though. Richardson for Tom and Viv. And the SAG Award winner, Jodie Foster in Nell. <laughs> So, I mean, Meryl could have stuck in there as a nominee. Nominate Meryl. I don't know. You know that's it's probably not a that's, traditional, that's a genre bias. Probably. It's a genre thing. It's not a yeah. traditional, like, uh, yeah, Oscar movie, but that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, let's that's see. That's bullshit because neither is Music of the Fucking Heart or yeah. like One True Thing. That's bullshit. Uh, 96, she does both before and after, which I'm not familiar with. And Marvin's Room, which I said I watched half of. That movie's more, at least for the first half, is more Diane Keaton's Diane movie. Keaton. Um, she was actually nominated for Best Actress for that movie. Meryl Streep, I think, got a Golden Globe nomination. Um, I remember that But movie. Frances McDormand won the Oscar that year, and neither of them beaten Frances McDormand no. and Fargo. So in Fargo, no. Take Sorry. a hike. 98, Dancing at Lunasa, as well as One True Thing. Um, haven't seen the movie version, but Meryl got to do her Irish accent, so that's what's important. How Click another one off. We already talked about the hours. She's um, great in the hours. She performs a voice for... in AI, um, artificial okay. intelligence. Probably not going to get a nomination for that. No. We talked about. Okay, two thousand three. Are you going to want to talk about this? She couldn't get nominated for an Oscar for this because it was not theatrically released. If it had oh, been, okay, yeah, okay. I need to talk if it had been. Theatrically released, Meryl Streep wins Best Supporting Actress for Angels in America. Yeah, I agree. I rewatched the whole thing. If that had been, if that had been, re- if that had been released in theater, I'll say this: this is a bold statement. If yeah. that had been released in theaters, I think maybe everybody involved would have won an Oscar for that. Yeah. Like I don't see like there's no world for me where Patrick Wilson doesn't win, where uh, certainly Mary Louise Parker doesn't win. Yeah. Well, I believe. So the way they ran it, like, at the Golden Globes and Emmys is, like, the more famous people were, like, Meryl Streep was nominated for lead and won. And if you haven't seen her award speech at the Golden Globes, um, I think it's at the Golden Globes, you have to look up. It's her best award speech ever. Well, I want to watch where that, Where she too. starts it off by basically talking about how usually when she wins one of these awards, she doesn't think it means anything, but not this time. And then she goes through the other actors nominated in the category, and it's like Glenn Close, and she talks about how Glenn's like one of her closest friends, and she won't care. And Judy Davis got nominated, and she's like, Judy Davis gave the best performance ever on film when she did the Judy Garland story. And I can't remember who the third person is, and the fourth person, she's like, the only person that'll care is Emma Thompson, <laughs> <laughs> who was also nominated for Angels in America. Okay, um, But to... she was nominated for lead, and like Pacino was nominated for lead and won everything. Yes. Uh, and Roy Cohn... For the Tonys, for Millennium Approaches, was nominated for lead actor also when those were split up. 
Um, but it is weird that like prior and it, prior is like, a supporting she, role and yeah. Meryl is a lead yeah, role. Yeah, I mean that's w- weird. She's Again, amazing he, in this movie. Well, what's, the, what's the guy's that name that plays series. prior? Justin Kirk. Justin Kirk. He should have won. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, I think, did win most okay, of them. I think amazing. most of them, like, all four of the other guys were nominated a lot for the supporting, and Jeffrey Wright usually won. Yeah. And I agree with that, actually, because he's incredible. He's in incredible that. in this. Um, but she is so good in this. If you haven't watched Angels of America, if you have HBO, you can watch it anytime you want. Um, I mean, settle in. She's so it's good. Yeah, it's six hours, but... Um, she's so good as Ethel Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. She's so good as Hannah Pitt. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's an incredible performance. Renee Zellweger won that year. Her daughter won for Cold Mountain, and she's very good in that movie. But Meryl Streep is better. Meryl Streep is better America. for sure. Yep, I agree. Um, we can give it that. To, we can give that to her. The other movie, I almost if that came, I would like to say something else. If I do, well, actually, maybe not. I was going to say if if that got released today, would would they air it? You know, like like Roma. Like, would they do? Would if they it came out it? now, I think they would have theatrically released it. They would have theatrically because you see it. it with like like the O.J. Simpson documentary and stuff that they put things that they know are kind of above and beyond just for a little bit of time so they can be nominated so they for can be nominated. Oscars. Yeah. And I think they would have. Yeah. Um, the Manchurian Candidate in two thousand four. Not as good as the original by any means, but she's very good. She's that. very good. She's very good, and that's a good movie too. It is a good movie. It's yeah. better than people give it credit. Yeah, for. I agree. I agree. Um, did not see Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. I did. It's a very fun movie. It's yeah. not an Oscar. It's a, it's a Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. Again, and I will defend that performance in Mary Poppins Returns, which is insane. Yeah. And and her, her and she's crazy in Lemony Snicket too. But it's a fun. That's it. Fits the movie. Yeah. Like, it's kooky yeah. and bananas. You should not be nominated, and we're going to talk about this next time for, yeah. I think, a, show, a, a thing we're going to do. But, like, uh, yeah, I don't think she, it's it's not groundbreaking. It's right. much, and, again, those roles are easier anyway, just yeah. being a kooky bananas person. The stuff that she does in Angels America is way more subtle than that. Prime I have not seen. And then the oh, other uh, movie. Oh, you've not seen Prime? Mm-mm. No. It's just, was she not, was it supporting for that? No, she wasn't nominated for anything. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Sorry, continue. And then A Prairie Home Companion is her other movie in 2006. Which is not good. Which is, yeah, it's whatever. She's good in it, but it's a it's an Altman movie, so it's very, there's 30 people in that film. So um, so that's Meryl. So if we count Angels America, which of course would be another asterisk, we're giving her another Oscar for adaptation. For sure. And we're giving her three asterisks if we move some stuff around. Yeah, we're giving her an asterisk for... I mean, you Devil would maybe. Wars? I would do. I would. You give, would just give it to her for Devil Wears Prada. No, I think I would do the asterisk situation yeah. because I think that's. I think I would do the asterisk situation because yeah. she shouldn't win Best Actress right. because it it is not her movie. Right. And rewatching it, it was even. I was like, oh, I forgot how like. I mean, she's a huge presence, obviously, in the movie. But I was like, I forgot how much screen time the other parts of this story get. Yeah, everybody else. Like, I mean, Anne Hathaway's in every scene. Yeah. There's no scene without her. Yeah. So, yes, I would give it to, I would give her, I'd give her that with an Also, asterisk. by the way, Emily Blunt maybe should have been nominated for I that know, movie, Emily too. Blunt's so great. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah. I would give that to her with an asterisk. I would give, I would give Death Becomes Her with an asterisk. What's the other thing I would say? Um, well, so we gave it to her for adaptation. We said one true thing. One true thing. Devil Wars Prada. Devil Wars Prada. Asterix. You're giving her Death Becomes Her as an award? As a winner? Or a nomination? I'd give it to her as a nomination, I guess. Okay. I'd nominate and then She should be nominated. Angels in America, we said, Angels if it was a movie. 
So, so that's four. Yeah. So we're given... So if you're counting at home... And you know what? Fuck this asterisk thing. She should have won for those things. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. She should have won. So we're saying she could have six Oscars at this point. At this point. Three... She should. Three, Not could. Three she Oscars should. she definitely should have in the category she was in. Two more if they put her in the correct category, and one more if there had been her theatrical release. Yes. <laughs> she should have six Oscars. So that's six... And, and six, and at least be, two more things that she should have been nominated for is yeah. Death Becomes Her and River Wild. Yeah. Six awards. And that would have been, that'd be then 24 nominations, because that means we have to make Angels in America movies, so she has to get that nomination. Craig, she's the greatest actress of our time. She's very good. She's very good. She's very good. She's very good. Even when she's, like, in not good things, you're yeah. like, well, she's good. Yeah. She's never not interesting to watch yeah so we're gonna we're gonna finish off Meryl on our next episode in a couple weeks um so the I hope nom- you guys have enjoyed this I hope so too this trip back down yeah. memory lane for the me. nominations uh that we'll be talking about Doubt Julie and Julia The Iron Lady which she won for August Osage County Into the Woods Florence Foster Jenkins and The Post oof these are a few of these are gonna be well that's okay yeah. Um, and then there's some other movies in there that we could talk about that maybe. Yeah. Should she have been nominated for It's Complicated? Should she have been nominated for Ricky and the Flash? <laughs> <laughs> if Alexander Payne had done Hope Springs, I'll give you my whole speech about that. Okay. Would that be an Oscar movie? Okay. Um, Megan, do you have a favorite movie of 2019? Oh, we're still talking about We're still going back to 2019. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still book smart. I, is that what I said last time? I, yeah, think, I think so. so. Yeah, I think it's still book smart at this point in time. But I'm very excited to see Toy Story 4 this afternoon. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, I think mine's still in game. Although Toy Story 4 was very good. I've got that in my top five now. And I think I saw this afterwards. I'd also suggest The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I know people are really liking yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but yeah. there's some really, really great stuff in it. So I'd I like to see that. just checking that out. I'm excited about that. Um, anything you want to plug? Uh, when does this come out? Tomorrow. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> nope, got nothing. Um, you can follow us at The Oscar Shit on Twitter, The Oscar Shit I've gone to on Instagram. As always, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, suggest us to a friend, whether they like movies or not. You know, maybe maybe they just they'll just like hearing about what surfing your mom stories. masturbated to. Yeah, or surfing stories. Yeah, maybe they know G Force and they want to listen to a podcast about him. If we could somehow get this podcast to, G-Force. do you think we could G Force to come on and do 1978? I don't. He told me he doesn't watch movies because um, I was like, Hey, did you ever see that movie, The Shallows? G- I thought you were gonna ask if he saw that movie, G Force. Isn't there a movie about hamsters called yes, G-Force? Yes, called G-Force, yeah. yeah. No, he doesn't see movies. He doesn't listen to regular. My uh, I, my husband's sister had a baby this week, and they named it Layla. And I was like, you know, like, and they were like, Layla. And I was like, you know, like, got me on my knees, Layla. And she, they were like, they, he was like, I'm not familiar with, um, what, I don't listen to, I don't listen to mainstream music. Didn't know Layla. Wow. So, like, that's where we're at. I Not a big Scorsese guy, this. I guess. No. no. Scorsese guy? Yeah, Scorsese uses Layla. Oh, yeah, he does yeah. in, the, in uh, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
I like the end part of Layla. Yeah. It's good. It's good music. <laughs> um, we will uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks a lot for bearing with us. Thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Bye. Bye. Oh, boy. Thank you. You know, there are... There are some days when I myself think I'm overrated. But not today. I'm sorry, I know Glenn is my friend, she'll forgive me and... Helen Mirren is an acting god, and nobody has put a performance on film better than Judy Davis in the Judy Garland story, and the only one of the group is Emma Thompson, who will hold a grudge for the rest of her life. Who cares? I'm afraid.